Namaste. We are here once again with Gautamji uh, in the Living the Teachings of Sai Baba series. Gautam, thank you for giving us your time. Gautam, today I would like to talk to you about a very important subject which is very centric to Baba's path, where many devotees get messages from Baba, some guidance, and uh, there are few ones like I which are authentic. The larger numbers are inauthentic. So I wanted to probe into this just so devotees get pointers on what to look for within themselves and someone they go to, why they should go or, you know, why are they going. Uh, so I would like to talk to you about that. Sure. Uh, Nick, this is actually a question which has many aspects in its answer. It's not black and white. True. So we have to explore it in various ways. See, there are channels, like you said, of Sai Baba, right? Those who get messages who are connected to Sai Baba. Now, frankly, it depends on their level of honesty. Are they honest with themselves? Now, for example, I go through a phase of life where I am feeling so deeply connected with Sai Baba that I get messages. And I get messages for people. But it could also happen that sometimes those messages are not flowing freely. Yet I give messages to people. Because now I am identified with a role. I am a channel of Sai Baba. People are coming to me. It has happened to me also, not with a channel of Sai Baba, but a channel of another master, where it is very clear when a message is coming from the source and a message is coming from the higher mind of that individual. That can be clearly seen. So in that sense, it is a disservice to the person in front of you if you are a channel of Sai Baba, but your higher mind is being channel. Now, unfortunately, this is most likely not even conscious. Sometimes the channel is not even aware that I'm channeling my own higher mind. It's possible. So what does this mean? This means that what is meant to happen will happen based on the destiny of the person who goes to someone to receive a message. What we are trying to point out here is that there is no absolute truth in determining who is the right channel and who is not. It is a very individual experience. I may see someone smoking and drinking away as an extreme example who gives me the most beautiful messages from Sai Baba. Now what? Do I keep my judgments of personality aside and take what comes to me because I resonate with it? That can also happen. In fact, I am aware of this happening. I am aware of someone who is a channel of Sai Baba. And if you looked at his personality, you would be astonished. But then people swear by the messages. You see? So this is what I mean. There are various aspects. But 
the intention rests with the channeler, not the person going for the channel. The, I beg sorry. to disagree here a little mm -hmm. bit. Uh, see, over here, even the intention, I can't say intention because there's no free will in the matter. But when someone goes to a channel, mm. if you are the kind of a person that will go from A to B to C like an astrologer, now comes the time to question yourself also that A, why are you going? And to, to look within. Because if you are inauthentic, you will wind up going to people like that. That is the thing I also want to probe, the other aspect of the channels. Very true. Very that, true. Yeah, so on this... You see, what happens is, we use channelers as a crutch. Anything small happens in our life, we go running for a message. This is a equation of dependency. Now, this also can get abused by the channeler. Exactly. I know someone who had a tarot reader as a guide. And for any small thing, she would call the tarot reader. Now, the tarot reader should also have the awareness that this is becoming a relationship of dependency and put an end to that. Right. But, but that did not happen because they like it. They like the importance, they like the dependency and they get money. Exactly. And you see? you see, the difference between a guru and a channel is very different. Like, see, I in all humility says I'm the dust of Baba's feet. She yes. doesn't claim she's Baba or a guru. Right. But unfortunately, many of the channels then take the role of the guru and then that devotee of Baba's takes them to be a master, which they are not. Yes, that this is, is so a weakness. true. Yes. I don't mean to hurt anyone's sentiments, right. but you cannot confuse someone who gets messages of Baba as Baba yes. or a guru and yes. then that depletes them or they don't even seek for a master in that case. Yes, you see, it's a very important point you have raised because there is only one word which comes up, humility. The hallmark of a guru is humility. If that is missing, then a guru is not a guru. I would use the same measure for a channel. Absence of humility is a good indicator to know who is an authentic channel. You see, but make no mistake, I might still have quirks in my personality, which you don't like, yes. but humility could be there. Correct. So that is to be discerned by the person going to the channel. Correct. So you mentioned a very beautiful example of I, because I have personally met her. And for me, she is the embodiment of humility. You see. Someone who does not want to be put on a pedestal, who does not want to be known in the society as being yeah. so and so. These are signs of humility. In fact, I would go as far to say as if that person is not concerned with whether one person shows up at their door or a thousand, that is a sign of humility. You see? So, one very important part of this which I'd like to comment about is that the Guru is nothing but the higher self of the disciple. My mother, for example, saw this in her meditation. She saw the higher self 
come out of the person and project itself onto another individual which took the form of the Guru. It was actually seen how the Guru manifests and that Guru ultimately points the disciple to the Satguru within. That is the mechanism of the process. Now this is a very subtle process and this process is a process of honoring because you see the Guru does not consider the disciple to be a disciple. A true Guru does not say, I am your Guru. A true Guru will not do that. Someone asked my own spiritual guide, are you my Guru? And he said, that is for you. If you feel you are my disciple, then I am your Guru. I cannot tell you I am your Guru. I feel with the master the, the disciple or devotee relationship, actually it's no relationship, they are one. Yes. The problem is with the channels, there is this up and down where the channel goes on the pedestal and there's dependency and then it's almost like control that comes in, which is missing when it's a real master you go to. Yes. Where there is actually no relationship, it is just oneness. Absolutely. And this what you have pointed out, it can even happen in other domains like for example, therapy. True. Which is so Absolutely. big in the West. Yeah. The therapist can end up controlling the patient. So now I want to probe in here. Suppose you come to someone, like I have met so many people and I will share my own experience. I have met so many people, some I have featured, some I have not. But it is a very tricky thing. Like see in my case, I go as a publisher, I put my cards on the table that I don't want any messages, I'm coming just for work and I go out, which is fine. But I can see so easily that it can become a very controlling relationship because there are certain expectations or, you know, like there is a certain framework of conduct that is unsaid. Yes. So if a devotee goes to somebody like that and it does become like, uh, and they give them good messages that happen, like some experiences happen now, the devotee gets his validation that this is right. Mm. But when they see that, okay, on one side you are getting these messages, but on the other side there is control. Could you give pointers now how they manage that? Because it's a difficult one for most people. According to me is even the slightest hint of an issue of control is a good enough reason to run away from that relationship. Because the sage has the absolute conviction that nothing in his control is possible. The sage knows that his next breath is not in his control. The sage knows that he is on earth because of gravity which is not in his control. The sage knows that there is absolutely no control over what the next moment brings. Therefore, it is not possible for the genuine sage to even control any individual one iota because his own living understanding is that there is a higher power. So if one does sense this control issue stepping into a dynamic, it is a very clear sign that this is not an authentic relationship. Yes, as you said, the function of the relationship would be to get the message. 
and it might be a very appropriate message but then this is the role and this role ends there yes this role ends there this dependency on the channeler to play a role more than that is doing injustice to both channeler and person coming to the channeler and you know osho said something beautiful he said see to misguide someone on the spiritual path is worse than committing murder because if you kill someone you kill mm. them once mm. but if you misguide someone spiritually for lifetimes they can go astray yes so people must be aware like i'll give you my own example there are so many people who write to me so someone had recently got in touch that they wanted to meet baba you know we were in contact for that specific reason all of a sudden from nowhere i get this message saying baba has said this for you that in your past life you were this particular individual with baba so and so which i knew was not true mm. and ten other things so i very politely said i said see uh only reason for contact was for this particular work i respect that you had the sentiment to share it but i did not ask for it and i would please request you don't bring this up with me again Mm. and we lost contact after that but it this thought struck me that if this was someone else and you get such information this is very misguiding yes. and especially when you've not asked for it because there is this control that i have got the message and i am saying this to you so this i do feel uh, you are absolutely right uh, nick and unfortunately a lot of this does happen you know but the only word of caution i have here is keep a lookout yes. now if someone tells me that i was sai baba's closest disciple in his life what happens i feel good exactly i feel wow yeah. i am special correct you see so these are actually markers to be be careful absolutely because so. yeah. what does it boil down to does that really matter or your life in this moment does that matter absolutely and bhagwan ramar said that it is god's grace you don't remember the past for if you did you would be finished exactly so then why dwell into that and yes. i think it's a matter of shame if i were told you were with baba because of baba's stature to not realize and come back is not really a very good thing <laughs> <laughs> that's a very so, good one yeah but you see that's why uh i do hope this is not happening and as you said mixing up a channeler for a guru because i'll tell you why it is you see the word guru itself yes. means remover of ignorance yes. guru does not mean giver of messages correct absolutely remover of ignorance yes. guru itself means spiritual weight yes it actually is a meaning of the word guru spiritual yes. it means heavy yes heavy in terms of spiritual weight yes guru is one who shines a light on your path a path of darkness of maya and the guru is like the radiant sun now these attributes are very different from a channeler the channeler's role is channeling an authentic channeling the guru's role is different so definitely if one is taking a channeler to be a guru all what we have talked about are pointers yeah. to look at yeah. because these are actually separate functions yes. and if they merge together in one yes. 
then what would it mean if you accepted someone as your guru and the guru did not even give you one message that is still your guru absolutely now are you okay with that or are you running after guru who only gives messages usually it's the reverse where they empty you they don't give you anything see i spoke to baba about this guruji and we had done a film on the satguru because baba very clearly said a living master is essential there's no question of not having a living master mm-hmm. on the spiritual path and i asked baba i said one apprehension i can sense in devotees is how do they know if they are going to a right guru or no so baba uses a term tv gurus where you know they want publicity and all so he said there is one thing you have to look for when you go to a real master he has no need for you mm. they don't have the master has no worldly interest they have no need to get people around mm. unlike the tv gurus what he uses that term so this is also something uh, two aspects actually i see that when one goes to a master to really realize that the master doesn't need you you know so it if there is humility in the devotee to go and present themselves at the master but this is not the case in most cases yes but more importantly there is no such thing as the wrong guru also because every experience is a learning yeah. every experience will point you in the right direction yeah for where you are at you will have an experience correct. like that correct correct you know but coming back to this point yes. the devotee needs to be very clear yes. whether he or she is looking for channeler of messages yes. or guru and in case he finds both in one body mind organism yes. then he has now a set of criteria you could say yes. to understand whether does this channeler also fulfill this role of being a guru one other thing i would like to probe on is it's a matter of shame to say this there are thousands of people who wrote to me that they would like to meet i and so and so and i made it very clear in the beginning that because of her health she is not i have literally had to plead her to talk because she had no interest in talking on camera but literally i had to plead her to speak which she did now we don't do any more because her health doesn't permit but i must say out of the thousands of emails have got maybe two or three people asked about her health and offered to help her so what i would also like to say is that if you go to an authentic channel or a master or anybody who guides you on the path it is important to look after their welfare that does not mean give them money or do anything in that sense but to have that at least be bothered about how they are it's not about just going then i want and give me this message but those are the ones i have seen the few ones that really care about either their master or i would say i don't like using the word channel when you come to someone uh, like i who's authentic they are instruments of baba mm. then to take care of them because they are baba's instruments they are very precious very rare firstly but i see most people are like and they come with a sense of entitlement that ask i to do this baba and i are not your servants <laughs> so very few and those are the ones that actually then get called and get the time baba arranges that right. so i just want to give this as a pointer that 
you look within yourself that they don't need you they don't need you to come there and you know you know but to at least have that thing to look for their welfare and to be considerate about that robert adams was very emphatic about this he said the ones that take care of the master's welfare because the master in most cases has no semblance of their body at all those are the true devotees and those are the ones that make most progress because they give up everything of their own and take care of the master but this is very rare to see it is it yeah. is very rare and it is a very important point as well as an important pointer yes. you know my own spiritual guide and guru ramesh balsekar he lived till the age of 92 and for two weeks he was in the hospital before he passed away so i went for 5 minutes because one doesn't want to disturb someone right and uh, one couple from abroad had come so they came into the room so i told ramesh ji that i'll take your leave so he said no no you wait for 5 minutes so i waited and this couple was there and they said oh ramesh ji we came from the us to see you so sorry to see that you are in hospital like this and the lady even shed tears you know so then i felt now it's the time for me to leave again i excused myself and he said no no just wait you won't believe it nikhil the next instance they started talking about the problems that this person did this to me i have a land property dispute what are your views and i was saying my god this man is 92 he's in hospital his eyes are closing that is the maya and ramesh being ramesh was actually answering them because of compassion exactly you see yeah. that is the load we put on to the guru yeah so what you have mentioned is just i'm giving you one example mm-hmm. now what happens to us ordinary people we'll take care of our parents we'll take care of our children because why they are me and mine now the guru is god in human form this is what not only our scriptures say but masters have said and if the thought does not even arise that how can i be of service to my guru how can i look after him yes. that means i have not accepted this fundamental relationship of the guru and the disciple i still view it as a relationship where i want to get something from the relationship that is a real unfortunate situation wanting to do seva for the guru should arise spontaneously siddharameshwar maharaj has even said that even the dog in a guru's house yes. should be treated with respect exactly you see you may yes. not like dogs yes but the guru principle is the guru principle so as you rightly said you may be getting thousands of emails yeah. which is understandable because people are suffering so much they are so kind of taken up by their situation that that thought even doesn't arise that how can i be of service rare is the one in whom that thought arises and that expression of that thought is actually what takes the disciple very far to even just express that what can i do how can i help can i be there 
there's a famous disciple of Ramana Maharshi who took such good care of him. I've forgotten his name. And uh, Ramana said, you know, that this man has reached the end of his destination by just doing the seva. Yes. There was one man with Bhagwan Ramar who would just wave that punk on him for 50 years. They never spoke. Mm. One day he just dropped dead and Bhagwan said he's not coming back. Beautiful. Service. Yeah. Guruji also says the same thing that service to the Guru is higher than any sadhana. And service can take many forms depending on one's ability. You know, you could help serve the Guru with spreading, spreading his teachings in some way and giving money if he requires money and taking care of his physical health, being in his proximity. There are various ways yeah. and one chooses the way which one is uh, naturally inclined to, yes. right? I would like to backtrack a bit yes. just to complete one point yes. on the genuine Gurus. Yes. Because in India, we have a big, big tradition of touching feet as a mark of respect. Yes. Now, a genuine Guru will not care a damn whether you touch his feet or not. Yes. Siddha Rameshwar Maharaj was asked once, how do you feel when people touch your feet? And he replied, saying, don't ask me, ask my feet. What have I got to do with it? You see, that is the thing. So, I brought this up because it is part of our tradition. Now, you see, some people view bowing down before someone as subjugation, giving your control over. Actually, touching the feet is a very beautiful ritual because one is offering one's ego at the feet of the master and the master's consciousness. One is actually offering the thinking mind of the ego and its identifications at the feet of the source. That is the significance. Secondly, it is known that energy which emits from the feet is the highest form of spiritual energy. That is why some masters even don't allow you to touch their feet because they don't want their energy drained. That is why when a master passes away, you will see photographs taken of the feet. That is why Padukas are worshipped, not because, oh, he wore these as slippers, because the energy of the master is actually soaked into those Padukas. So the feet are very crucial in that sense. But beware of a master or his disciples who make you touch his feet forcefully. I have seen this because I have had someone come to me who ran away from an ashram in Nasik because they forced him to touch the feet of the master and he was very uncomfortable. So he ran away from there. So there are no such rules, you know, when a genuine master will not care. So whenever you see these things happening, you have to see, you know, what it is. I'll give you another example, not related, but in, a, in another way. I forget, I think it was Swami Chidananda or someone. He was called to give a pravachan. And when he arrived, he was shocked because he saw that there was a big crowd. But he was just given a very thin chadar on which to sit and a mic was placed there. So he was at the same level as the crowd. So in the front row were various swamis. And he could hear them saying, now we will see Chidanan's ego coming up. 
So he walked in front and he said, how dare you make me sit on the same level as the disciples who have come, the crowd which has come. So the Swami is very happy. They've proved that this guy has an ego. He can't sit on the same level. Chidanand was no fool. He first insisted that a raised platform be put. Once it was done, he sat on it. And the first thing he said was that I know many of you in the audience must have thought, look at this man's ego. He wants to sit on higher ground than us. But I only wanted to point out one thing to you. It is not me as an individual on the higher ground. It is the teaching coming through me. That must be respected. You see, so he was giving a very important message that respect the teaching. The master is an instrument. Respect the teaching. How many of us are respecting Baba's teaching? I'm coming back to that, what we started out with. And how do you respect a teaching? By living it. Simple. Talking of that, Gautam, just on the closing note, the authentic channels of Baba or the mediums, the instruments, I would say, of Baba, through which messages come through, they are very rare. But then it is also the responsibility of those who go to them to take care of them. And by care, I don't mean financial care or something, but at least be respectful, respectful of their time, their energy, and not to, to respect those boundaries, not go with a sense of entitlement. Yes. Because if they may not be gurus, but they are instruments of Baba and respecting them is then respecting Baba. That is extremely important also because, uh, you see, unfortunately, Nick, we are so blinded by our suffering and our problems that all that goes out of the window, you know. We are just wanting to hold on to them because we see that they are possible instruments to save us from our misery. So it's not really, no one can be blamed. But as you said, one must go with more awareness because after all, the channels are also taking out their time. Yeah, yeah. They have their, their own energy. families, their responsibilities. I mean, it's a, it's not an easy task. Yeah. And in most cases, I have seen when a message comes through, it's physically like a bolt of lightning that hits them. See, it's not the imaginary ones who claim this message, but when I or anyone that I have met on a channel channels a message from Baba and that energy comes, it's a shock on their system. Yes, so it is to, draining. Yeah. And uh, don't forget, it is not for themselves. Exactly. It is it's for the others. Yeah, and yeah. yes, the underlying principle is compassion. Yes. So even we people who visit them must have that sensitivity to be respectful of their time. Yes. And just make sure that it's not uh, taken for granted or, you know, they are not trampled on in any way. Yes, because imagine an authentic channel of Sai Baba who's got a timid disposition, who's uh, gentle. Now, such a person may find it hard to tell someone in front of them that, look, I had said 45 minutes and 45 minutes is up because it's not their nature. This is true. You see? Uh, Yeah, this is absolutely Someone else's nature, I know someone who's very clear that reading is for 45 minutes and 15 more minutes is this much extra. Yes. Everyone is not like that. 
so someone like for example i know because i am of a gentle timid disposition if someone comes to see me yeah. it's very hard for me to stop it at yes. 45 minutes or one hour whatever and say yeah. look now i have to do other things yeah. because you feel so much yeah. for the person in front of you yeah. so as you said a high degree of awareness of yes. those going to such channels yes. is really the least you could least do exactly to But, see that you're yeah. not stepping over boundaries yeah. you're being sensitive and you're understanding that there is a world beyond your world of misery and suffering absolutely because i has said no she said one of the reasons i don't want to see anyone she said one out of a thousand that come here really love baba most of them just come for their own problems and baba is not your servant where you come and say oh baba do this for me do that for me who are you to demand anything so she says the ones that love baba very rare and what's worse is they come with no consideration for her health and time and they'll sit there for hours and complain 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 and she said see i am not baba it exhausts me <laughs> it exhausts me physically it drains me and she said some of their problems are genuine like someone's child is ill so she says don't you think i don't feel that pain so she says every day imagine if 100 people Absolutely. come to you and they dump all their problems on you yeah. the emotional pain and uh, turmoil it causes for me so she says this is one of the very clear reasons why i don't see anybody anymore you see uh, if we get a bit abstract yes. i'll tell you something my mother in her one of her meditations one lady came before the meditation and was suffering obviously in talking about her childhood the various incidents in childhood which were really disturbing and all right she poured her heart out on this disturbed child in the meditation my mother actually saw a small baby come out and fall at her feet why i'm saying this is thoughts have a form we cannot see it we don't have that vision that is why they say be careful of negative thoughts because all thoughts have a related form now can you imagine someone like i being bombarded by various thought forms which are primarily negative yes. thoughts of suffering that is what they are receiving it's just that with these eyes of duality we cannot see it yes. someone with the eye of singularity can have visions of that yes. so she must be going through a lot yeah. because she is at the receiving end yeah. so we have to be sensitive about these things if you ask me the best guru or channel is the one where you see all your problems and the only answer you get is silence